We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, the gut reaction episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, this was looking like you and I going, this is going to be brutal, dude. What are we going to say to our community? Like, how do we make sense of this at half? And it still wasn't looking so good early in the third. And then something snapped. Broncos storm back, win this game, 31-28. A little help along the way from a dumb head coach on the other side of the field. But your gut reaction to somehow, some way, though, Sean Payton and company pulling this rabbit out of a hat. I think they need to send uh, Matt Eberflus a, a giant thank you card for making one of the most boneheaded decisions you'll ever see late in the game for a head coach to bypass that field goal and go for it. Uh, not to take anything away from Denver. They hung in there very valiant. Uh, they scrapped and clawed and found a way to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I figured a Nathaniel Hackett-led team wouldn't have done that, Chad. They would have folded over like they did last week, but they found a way. But the Bears... I think they're legitimately tanking um, the defense though. I, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket today, Chad. I don't want to come in and kind of crap on everyone's parade, but it, the victory is nice, but it shouldn't overlook the defensive defensive issues that still remain. Justin Fields was literally a perfect passer for much of the first half. That can't happen. They came out and we joked, Oh, they made Sam Howe look like Joe Montana made Jimmy Garoppolo look great. We thought, okay, well, what are they going to do with Justin Fields? Make him look all world as well. They actually did that. It actually happened. So they still have a lot of issues to iron out, but it is nice to get on a gut reaction and talk a W, the first one of the Sean Payton era. It, that decision by Everfluss was straight about utter abject disrespect for the Broncos defense. Yep. And you could see it. Here's how I, I mean, A, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're going to really forego the uh, last chance you probably have to like stay in this game, tie this game, uh, you're, it's because you really believe you can get it done because you don't believe the other side can stop you. Yeah, sure. Okay. But after that, after that snap, big play, right? Broncos stop them, fourth and one, blah, blah, blah. TV broadcast pans to the sideline to Vance Joseph. And what's he doing? He's actually angry. He's like, he's like doing something like this because they 
he was being tested, dude. It was a diss from the yeah. other side. Like, how dare you? And fortunately for VJ, in this particular instance, his guy stepped up. And Zach, I just got to say, Broncos fans in the second half of this game finally caught a glimpse of what this team could be if you get a complimentary, even average defensive performance uh, from Vance Joseph's unit. So some encouraging things. We don't want to jump to uh, obviously too too great a conclusion. And at the same time, Zach, we don't want to, as you say, throw too much uh, water or wet blanket on what is the first win of the season. The Broncos are one and three. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that's, that was the key to victory for me going into the game. We talked about it at length on Thursday. Complimentary football. It can't be where the offense carries the defense like the defense carried the offense for so many years. We saw today in the second half, at least, what a complimentary Broncos football team would look like with the offense able and uh, willing to score points and the defense actually generating turnovers, scoring points of their own, and actually coming up big in crunch time with that game ceiling pick. It's one they're still one in three. It's only one victory, but you're right. That's a glimpse of what the Broncos could have been and maybe still could be this season. Plus, you're getting some special teams help. You know, the nice return from Marvin Mims after that ugly flub He's up. Still for real. He's so legit. Uh, and then, you know, the field goal in the clutch. Give it to Will Lutz. You know, that went right. Nice, bro. So stoked to see you tonight, today. Welcome, bro. Appreciate you. He Thank says, you brothers, not. wow, so much to be proud of. What a comeback. Jalil, Benito, Mims gave us hope. And Russ, thank you. Making plays in the fourth quarter. Let's stack some wins. Go Broncos. One thing, uh, I forget who the color guy was on tonight on today's broadcast. Um, anyway, one thing he said is, and it's true, your best players are the ones who have to step up and make a play when the chips are down. And uh, today, that's what happened for the Broncos uh, on offense. And then you could even argue on defense, like seeing Nick Benito continue to blossom, yeah. seeing Jonathan Cooper make a nice heads-up scoop and score play. Like, this is what it could become. And one last thing, I'm serving this back over to you, Zach. You know, all it takes is one or two wins like this that are not all that impressive on the surface, right? Especially if you watched how ugly it was for the good majority of the game, actually. But little confidence boosters and all of a sudden a team believes they're they're good they believe they're worthy to be out there and it just can have a massive effect uh on an intangible level for a team hopefully it leads to that yeah i mean historically the odds don't look uh too great for the broncos to make the playoffs at zero and three but it starts one week at a time and you know this is how winning culture is uh, built is really one brick at a time, one victory at a time. You go from there. They have a beatable Jets team coming up next Sunday at home. They win that game. They have Kansas City Thursday night. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying you beat them. You're three and three. And the confidence booster that you would get from finally taking down the Chiefs and evening your record and doing so in prime time could catapult the Broncos throughout the rest of the season. So I'm I'm not saying there's a chance, but there's a chance after today. It was a season-saving victory at that. We have a uh, lot of Super Chats stacked up, so let's do some rapid fire and catch up on those yep. real quick, starting with Flazify. What's up, buddy? Thank you for the Super. Got reaction? False hope. Vance keeps his job safe. Bye-bye, Caleb Williams. Marvin Hims? Maybe a typo. I don't know. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, again, you don't want to jump, Zach, too far uh, 
in, in saying like, oh, the se- the season actually is saved because we got to remember not only the record, the statistical improbabilities of making the playoffs after starting 0-3. They're no longer 0-3. They're 1-3. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, been historically bad at times, not just last week in Miami, but like today, uh, as, as you mentioned, this cat went 16 for 16. All right. Scott, do me a favor. What was his completion percentage going into this game? All right, just going into this game. 16 for 16, and then Zach on the Hail Mary to end the half, his first incompletion. So I only say this because, yes, you know, false hope, you know, okay, whatever. It's a win. Did you expect Flazify your team to beat the Bears? Did you expect that? All right, if they obliged you and they got the win, then just take it for what it is, and let's see what comes next, Zach. Exactly. Yeah. There's uh, two ways you can look at it. If you're a Broncos fan, you know, half of the the fan base, they take this approach that they're only doing their draft pick a a disservice. They're losing out on Caleb Williams. They're uh, making Vance's job that much safer or the other side of the fan base is just happy to get a victory. It's felt like it's been way too long, uh, way, way too long. And uh, they came back and uh, no one gave them a chance. It was like the uh, commander's game in reverse. The Broncos were down by a massive deficit. They cut that in the second half and they clawed their way to victory. Again, you can we can talk about the draft. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that between now and April. But it is nice on here to talk into this microphone talking about a Broncos victory, not another heartbreaking loss, Chad. Amen to that. Phoenix Kukini. The defense was bad again. 471 yards. Made Fields a star, but credit where it's due. The defense stoned Bears at 28 points, gave the offense a chance, and Russ, still good. Yeah, I mean, the the Broncos just couldn't get off the field, couldn't get off the field defensively, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get a couple, one stop, the offense gives you a complimentary drive for points, and now you're back in business. You get that awesome defensive score and now you're really rolling that's again it's a glimpse of what football's supposed to be man it's supposed to be a complimentary thing chris what's up bro always a uh a, a symbolic super chat on game days on the gut reactions appreciate your generosity you, big dog uh he says not gonna lie i didn't think the defense would hold them on that final drive especially with how they've been playing agreed i was like i was honestly noodling on a guitar watching it absent-minded like half paying attention to that half paying attention to the guitar because i was like i don't know i was just kind of over this whole thing for a moment and i i was honestly expecting it to not go denver's way i was like yeah okay so how are we going to screw this up but they didn't uh got a little help zach from Everfluss. got a little help from kareem picking off that pass but uh, he goes i'll take this win sadly though i don't expect much more unless things change Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's, it depends how you look at it again. it's Is it just one victory? Is it a flash in the pan? Are they going to come out against the Jets and everyone's old pal Nathaniel Hackett and lay another egg or can they build off this and maybe the light bulb finally went on maybe the second half is what uh the advance and the defense needed to finally get going we don't know we won't know but let's look at the positives in this game you know Russ went 21 to 28 for 223 and three touchdowns only sacked one time his quarterback rating was 133.5 Jaleel McLaughlin led the Broncos in rushing rookie undrafted running back seven carries 72 yards 10.3 yards per carry Marvin Mims who came in of the game leading the NFL, I believe in yards per reception, uh, finished with two catches, 47 yards, 23 and a half yards per catch. There are talented building blocks on this team. And I think you nailed the theme of the podcast, our gut reaction tonight. You see what happens when those complementary pieces come together and they all fire on the same cylinder. It's pretty fun to watch. That it is. Uh, the Duchess, by the way, Michaela, will be doing the uh, raffle tomorrow, Monday, during the Aftermath episode, FYI, for September for the jersey. Thank you for the super. She says, Russ played a heck of a game. He did. I mean, you know, he wasn't at times in this game, Zach, for vast stretches of this game, really, after the first possession until things started to turn uh, late in the third. He wasn't getting help around him. I mean, his offensive line did a decent job protecting him. Again, as you mentioned, one sack. But really inopportune, stupid penalties and false starts that are you're going, wait a minute, man, are you veterans or not? Like, what is going on here? So credit to Russ did get some help in the form of Jaleel McLaughlin, who, look, I'm sorry, like I love Javante. And I think, you know, you keep him kind of as the, your battering ram, but, and he let, exited obviously early in this game. We'll see what happens. Hip, another hip. Broncos have been just like decimated by hips this year. I was year. thinking that too, yeah. Uh, anyway. 
but Jaleel needs to be on the field more. And I think today was the result of Sean Payton obviously realizing they needed a little something different besides the because Javante and P Ryan are very similar runners, right? They're they're uh-huh. I mean, Javante might be a little more resourceful in terms of the tackle breaking and some of the angry run style stuff. But as far as speed and style go, when a defense gets into rhythm on how to kind of what to expect from a r- opposing running back, it's easy to kind of get them lulled. And then you bring in Jaleel, boom. So he obviously realized, did Peyton, they needed a little bit of a shake up there. Today, I think just made it more like, okay, yeah, this is it. Jaleel. You know, he's probably going to end up being the guy that that at least gets maybe 50 percent, maybe 50 percent. By the end of this season, he's getting 50 percent of the running back touches. I'm glad you brought up Javante. It's uh, very unfortunate. He went out again and uh, after working his way back from that knee to suffer a hip like most other Broncos players lately, it's uh, tough. But Jaleel, to have that in your back pocket as your third running back and we've mentioned it on this podcast countless times he brings the Broncos offense something that Javante and Samaje just can't do as good as they are it's that wiggle it's that speed it's that electric playmaking ability and he needs the ball in his hands and that's why you know Chad before the season when people were questioning oh are there so many undrafted and rookie players on the Broncos roster is that an indictment on George Payton or the Broncos lack of talent I don't really care how the sausage is made, you know, as long as it tastes pretty good. Good players should be getting the ball when they make good plays. And they need to, going forward, lean on their good players. Marvin Mims, Julio McLaughlin on offense. Well said. Road Glide Nation, thank you for the super. He says, good afternoon, football priest. Nice to see we got a victory, but the defense is still horrible and the team is not good enough. Too many mistakes, too many penalties. Don't know how we fix it. It's little things like this. Addison, thank you, buddy. He says they won, we still, but they still suck, unfortunately. Uh, it's little wins. It's little, um, not just in the standings, but when you win a series, when you get an, uh, an interception in a critical moment and leads to good things. Over time, this is how a unit, it goes from individual Zach building confidence to a unit building confidence to a team building confidence. And, you know, that's what they're going to have to do brick by brick, game by game. A lot to clean up still, obviously, not just on defense. Five false starts. Yeah. Unexcusable. That's that's actually not a word. Inexcusable, Zach. Um, Sean Payton, I don't know, Zach Streif, the O-line coach. What is going on here? Why is this happening? And why is the, your highest paid offensive lineman the most complicit perpetrator of these false starts? Bugmeister says, man, I don't care what anyone says in this chat. I lost hope in the first half, but seeing Sean on the sidelines – Giving Vance a mouthful said a lot. We hung in there. Let's go, Cooper. Yes, well said, Bugmeister. I love when Jonathan Cooper is making plays. He's such an easy guy to root for. And talk about a, a prospect that outkicked his his draft status, Chad. Jonathan Cooper, seventh former seventh round pick. What a just a hardworking lunch pail kind of guy that Sean Payton uh, we thought would love and does love. And I echo that last comment. Brad, what's up, dude? You've really come on strong lately as a super chat superstar. Keep it up, my dog. We appreciate you. He says, we need to do whatever we can to get Marvin uh, Marvin Mims the ball. Will, uh, Wilson looks decent. We'll only get better. Mims, Ma- uh, Marvin, and McLaughlin. Well, two of those are the same. That's a nice tr- – am I missing something here? Marvin Mims is the guy, but why is he th- saying there's mm. it's two people? I don't know. Syntax interpreter, Zach stumped as well. That's where we're at. 
fix the defense and we might make the playoffs. Fix the defense and you're you can be competitively relevant. Let's just put it that way, Zach. Continue figuring out what's going on with the defense. Why is every open every uh passing play so wide open? I mean, yeah. even Chris Harris, aka, you know, Strap Harris on Twitter talking about how wide open tight ends are. Like, hey, I'll go out there and what is the reason for that? Like, where is the disconnect? Um, Sean Payton, good to see him getting after J Joseph in the moment. And Zach, one last thing, and then I'm going to grab Irwin and serve it over to you, is the Broncos, when the chips were down, the defense that had become a mockery through most of this game, just like Dolphins game, made some plays when the chips were down, not only with that big play from Benito and, and Cooper, but that big fourth and one stop with the whole enchilada on the line. So, like, don't com overlook completely, Zach, some of these smaller successes that helped lead to the win. Like, that's what it takes if a defense is going to turn it around. I don't want to overlook it, but it, it, it's difficult to just close your eyes and pretend the first half didn't matter. You know, sure. it's a, yeah. um, a moral victory to celebrate one quarter of good defense and overlook how many quarters of bad football. But yeah, I mean, I give him credit individually, but it's still a problem. And that's who Vance Joseph is though, Chad. We saw it in his first stint in Denver. We saw it in the first three games of the season. He's been, but don't break supposedly, but more often than not, his defenses break. He gives everything wide open middle of the field to whatever a quarterback wants. And he doesn't have the personnel. I think in certain spots like inside linebacker still, talking about that to cover a tight end. I wonder how much Justin Simmons' absence is affecting these big wide-open throws. I'm, I'm I'm just wondering. Like, I'm not saying that explains it. I'm saying I wonder how much of this would be cleaned up if he was on the field. Irwin, brother, glad we won, he says, but we got lucky. The Bears blew the game at the end. VJ has made zero changes, and the defense looks worse than ever. No tackling. Peyton needs to change things up or this will be our only win. Newsflash, VJ's not getting fired. Like, even if they would have lost this game, Zach, I still don't think he's firing VJ. Because, oh. because why? Goes back to, uh, I hired him. And I hired him against a lot of probably not just blowback and, and uh, pushback, I should say. But, like, uh, educated, experienced people saying, are you sure you want to do this? Sean. Think about this. Think about that. And he still forged ahead. Um, he wouldn't. I, we're in. A, we're in a. We're in an upside down world anyway. They won the game, but right. that's not an excuse for VJ. I'm not saying like that because he doesn't deserve, you know, some kind of discipline here. But they won the game. Buys VJ more time. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
allows Sean Payton to kind of take a deep breath on some of the pressure he was feeling to fire BJ. And maybe that can translate into something good. Troy says, hope we get Simmons, Williams, Locke. Uh, Simmons, Williams, Locke, and Williams back next week would be big. Trade Gregory and get what you can. Trade Sutton, get what you can with Smith signing soon. Salary cap back under control with little downside. Yeah, Gregory is a complete joke. Um, Sutton, you know, I mean, I don't know. What's your reaction to this? I read that the uh, before the game, the Carolina Panthers are supposedly in the market for a receiver, and Cortland Sutton would be a nice little um, weapon for the rookie quarterback. Maybe they move him. Randy Gregory, yeah, I've been going to bat for him consistently since the Broncos signed him, but he's obviously just uh, on the tail end of their plans. Yeah, you mentioned Simmons. These players also, uh, Baron Browning, is eligible to come off IR and return to the team for week five. So this is what I'm talking about. It, it might start here. I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about jumping back on the playoff bandwagon, considering what the Broncos have put out. You know, it's not that the defense played good. It's that the offense of Chicago played worse and the Broncos were just a little better and a little more fortunate than Chicago, but a lot of stuff to clean up. Otherwise you got to love though, that Nick Benito exited this game with two and a half sacks, dude. Um, this dude, that's what we really, that was one of the keys to a defense uh, this year, before we saw the regular season started, that was one of the keys to this defense really kind of living up to its potential was second year, se former second round pick turning a corner. And it looks like he has, and he has, he has basically relegated Gregory to, uh, you know, an afterthought. Gregory's done a lot to help that be, help make himself an afterthought. Yeah. But Jess, bro, he says, we look rough, but we'll take the win. Exactly. Win's a win. It got ugly for a minute. The Broncos found a way. What would you say was the what was the turnaround moment? Like what would you how would if someone didn't watch the game, they didn't listen to the podcast, you know, your brother calls you up and they he goes, Wait a minute, I just saw a score flash across my screen that Broncos were down three touchdowns in the third quarter. How'd they win this? What was the critical key turning game turning moment? Maybe you disagree. I don't think there's necessarily one moment per se. I think it's when the offense didn't go into a shell like last week. They fell into a hole similar to the Dolphins game, and they kept scoring. They kept the game close. I think when it was 28-21, that's when I felt the momentum kind of shift to the Broncos, and then they had that uh, the Cooper strip sack touchdown, and then they got the ball back on Ibram Flus's just brain fart of epic proportion. I just think it's when the offense didn't roll over, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but that's a credit to Sean Payton, who not only runs the offense, but runs the entire team. They didn't die this time. They stood up and fought, and they won. Agreed. Uh, that was in uh, the third quarter, bottom of the third quarter. Broncos down 28-7. Uh, Russ leads them seven uh, play 75 yard drive touchdown Brandon Johnson that was the moment where the Broncos went okay we can still win this thing Ted what's up dude thank you buddy he says the Bears went full Bronco uh, momentum swing <laughs> slightly against them and they completely crumble you know it's an interesting point Brandon Williams two things for sure VJ still needs to be fired and Mims is legit yeah unfortunately he lost that one uh, kick return in the sun um Honestly, you could be like, oh, dude, that rookie mistake. But, dude, when it's the sun, when you lose it in the sun, you can't – I mean, you can't – you're like, what? Boom. And it, uh, it, yeah, I, it's hard to blame him for that. But, uh, but yeah, the Bears, though, here's the thing. It wasn't just one single turn of momentum because the Broncos created momentum to start this game. Bears didn't fold. They all of a sudden came back after a not-so-good first offensive possession. Broncos go down and score on their first. Bears get it back. 
and they could have gone into a shell, but no, I mean, what, what ensued from there, Zach was basically a perfect performance, both offensively and defensively from the bears. But that, that next touchdown drive of the Broncos bottom of the third quarter, that was the turning point. David says, good afternoon. One and hashtag one and three hashtag nine and eight. MHH for life, Buckham times three, Denver Bronx for life. Thank you, Papa Bear, David McElrath in the house. Looking forward to seeing you later this month. See, we're already there. We're in October. We're going to be seeing y'all very soon. Gina, the mini Coopster, what's up? Great to see you. Two super chats. Yo, ladies of MHH showing out today. She says, I'm going to say it. Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. Well, uh, hell yeah, badass. Makes me proud to have the same last name. Ha ha. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Cooper, uh, that was a sweet scoop and score but i gotta tell you i'm more i was more impressed by the impact nick benito made in this yep. game than jonathan cooper nice heads up play thank god he was there and did it but like nick benito i'm, I'm tipping my cap to that that dude more specifically somewhere uh michaela's smiling with uh, her cooper as well a lot of good coopers around these parts gina michaela and jonathan so yeah nick benito's progress we've seen it i mean he's looked like a much better pass rusher his speed off the edge is just lethal i haven't really seen that I don't want to say since Vaughn, but it's it's way more than Chubb had. And uh, maybe Jamar Kane, the pass rushing coach, is definitely paying off. Patriot Tex, brother, good to see you. Was rooting for the Tank Bowl victory, but I will take this one. Still believe we can get a, a Caleb Williams, though. The schedule is tough. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, first quarter of the season, worst case scenario, we were hoping for two and two, right? And now they're one and three, so they're they're – you know, they lost two of the three games. They they lost, they won one of the three games they sh they were supposed to win and not good enough. It's kind of gotten them in a hole. Now the tough side of their schedule begins, or at least they're entering a stiffer section of their schedule. Yeah. Mike, the ronk, appreciate you, big dog, and all your uh, positivity and support and optimism. And uh, it's really fun keeping the conversations going on uh, with you on, on Twitter too. Luke Ellis, what's up, big dog? Good to see you. He says, hey, fellas, this defense is still a mess, and I'm still wondering why it's so hard to get Jerry Judy involved in the offense. Either way, still great to see a dub. Could be few and far between this year. Could be. For what it's worth, though, Jerry Judy led the team in receiving. Uh, three, what was it, three receptions on five targets, 52 yards with a long of 25. So he did lead the team for what it's worth, Zach. It's, uh, I think Sean Payton talked about this as well, and basically the point he made was um, – last week during his uh, press availability, it's a numbers game. And it depends on the matchup, depends on the opponent, the down and distance, the coverage, this, every single thing, every single factor uh, goes into it. It's when Marvin Mims is wanting more snaps, Jaleel McLaughlin's needing more snaps, Jerry Judy's needing more snaps. You still have Cortland Sutton. You have your running backs as well. It's, it's really tough to make everyone happy. Um, but you're right. He led the team in receiving. And I, I still think that Judy's looked like a better pure receiver in this offense even if he doesn't have the the numbers and the stats to back it up kevin what's up man w welcome thank you he says is it just me or is vj calling plays like it's madden seems like he's calling defensive plays that just wishing their work good win but still work to do yeah it's really bizarre buddy uh trade sutton he says brandon johnson to take his place do it you trade sutton if you can get something you know worth more to you than whatever his impact is worth is uh how you value his impact in this season but brandon johnson yeah dude three touchdowns in four games good for him unique prepping we know who this is zach smouse in the house what's up bro 
says, you know, I'm happy for the win, but VJ is a disappointment. I just don't think he'll last. He has an attitude like Vic, and that's not what the Broncos need. Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Uh, good to see you, Zachary. Hope you're doing well, big dog. And, uh, you know, VJ, I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to be here for the season, at least, I think, because if you were going to fire him, you would have fired him last week. Even just three weeks into a season, it was that epically bad. The preceding Zach's six quarters were historically bad, and Peyton stayed the course. Now you've got to win, even in the face of some ugly defense again this week. I just don't see it happening. But um, I would just more say let's focus our attention, Zach, on why is it going wrong? What can VJ uh, – uh, feasibly do the, and the players to improve this because I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, multiple things could be true and I'm pretty much where uh, uh, Zachary is at as well. Great name. I always like to shout you out for that. Um, it, it, it's nice that the Broncos got a win. It's true that certain defensive players stepped up in crunch time for once, which never happens, but it's also true that Vance Joseph probably still should lose his job. And I kind of disagree, Chad. I think if they were to have lost today's game, you don't come out after that Miami disappointment, allowing 70, and then Justin Fields of all quarterbacks in the NFL. If there's a more scrutinized quarterback than Russell Wilson, it's Justin Fields. And you allow him to go perfect in the first half and look like the second coming of a, of a Hall of Famer. So I think multiple things are true. VJ still isn't cutting it, and his defense isn't nearly uh, complimentary enough, word of the day, to uh, sustain winning success in Denver. We'll never know. You could be right. I just don't think if he wasn't going to do it after last week, it probably wasn't going to happen, at least early in the season. You know, maybe two weeks left in the season, uh, we fired our defensive coordinator, something like that. But we'll never know, at least for the foreseeable. Naj, what's up, dude? Again, thank you, bro. He says to the fans, Broncos country, let's remember Simmons, Baron Browning, Frank Clark, Kwan Williams, and Josie Jewell will be back soon. That will help. Gotta gotta hope that it will, dude. Gotta hope that that is a big part of it. I mean, some of these like coverage snafus, you can tell is from inexperienced players, a Zach, and players inexperienced playing with each other. So, for example, some of these younger corners that are being called on to play, including uh, Jaquan McMillian, mm -hmm. um, the safety, Delarian Turner, Yell, like at least two of the touchdowns we saw today were big, just miscues, communication miscues guys not realizing their uh responsibility or or thinking it was something other than what it was that comes out in the wash over time with more experience together but it could really be improved zach as naj is saying with the return of these five veterans uh simmons good chance i think next week browning we'll see clark said next week basically he's back we'll see k1 unsure j uh jewel unsure but if you get them all back huge boost gotta be yeah, I mean, I think ultimately K one's probably the the biggest boost out of that group because the the coverage has been so spotty without him holding down the nickel, relying on the younger corners like you mentioned. I don't know how much Frank Clark is going to contribute. I don't know if that counts as a net positive for Denver. I mean, he was looking just ineffective and like Randy Gregory 2.0 out there. But I think yeah, the sum of their parts being healthy will help the Broncos defense. It then comes back to the coaching and what Vance Joseph can scheme on a weekly basis with those players. By the way, I'm going to grab Casey. Michaela Israel, we do see your super. So it's coming up. Uh, Casey Nichols, so good to see you, big dog. Appreciate you. He says, part of me is sad that we won. 
I wanted us to get Caleb Williams. I'm looking toward the future. VJ isn't it, no matter the record now. Well, that's for sure. VJ isn't it. So don't mistake anything I'm saying today about what uh, what I want, per se, Zach, and what is. VJ, uh, that was a gross miscalculation on the part of Sean Payton, and he's, he's paying the price for it. And it doesn't help that the defense, Zach, has been down so many veterans already this first quarter of the season. I mean, that last Super Chat from Naj was a good illustration of the hole this team started in relative to personnel on the defensive side, but it's still no excuse. No, and I see, you know, even Black Knight in the in the comments saying, VJ can't scheme for crap, Zach, you know that. I mean, I literally just said multiple multiple things could be true. You know, it's uh, there, there's some positive to maybe look forward to, but it doesn't change the fact that right now, today, this second, Vance Joseph should be fired. That was another fireable outing by the Broncos defense. And I, the first comment I made when we started the podcast, I don't want those third and fourth quarters to overshadow all the other quarters that the defense has put out there, it still wasn't good enough. And just the field of stats alone prove that, Chad. Well said. Well said. Um, okay, we've got 69 Skater Mike Wild Rift in the house. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Says, beating the Chiefs would be a Super Bowl for us at the moment. This offense is going to be ran off of Mims, Jalil, and Dulcich from here on out. Um, well, Dulcich is on IR after game one so he's got to miss one more game zach if mm -hmm. memory serves and then yeah. he can come back but yeah i mean mims that deep ball on the final touch or final scoring drive that gave him that field the game-winning field goal uh perfect dagger dude and not only did he come up with the catch ran a great route used that speed came up with the catch uh but you know fought got additional yards after catch and Again, it's just nice to see things coming together in a complimentary sense. Like you go, oh, okay. All right. We don't want to get too far out over our skis and in, in celebrating this in terms of what it might mean for the season because, again, it's been that bad. Uh, but very encouraging overall, especially in the second half. You know, we've we've lamented the offense, just not finding ways right. to get things yeah. going in the second half. And, you know, they kind of uh, hammered the death knell on that trope, uh, at least for now anyway. I was going to say, I mean, especially the offense in general, isn't this what we all wanted with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, an offense that can, you know, either go up on teams or come back from behind like they did against the commanders in week two or today. I mean, that's the reason why they won the game. Everyone's going to talk about the Jay Coop turnover and, and scoop and score, but it was the offense in the third quarter hanging in there, going down the field, giving the D a chance to rest and recoup themselves and putting another touchdown on the board. I mean, the offensive improvement from week to week, win or loss, is so encouraging to me. Well said. Uh, Mike Reno, good to see you, buddy. He says, this defense has no depth on the line and the back end. Without that, we will be lucky to win another game. Love my Broncos, but I'm just being real. We shall see, and uh, you know. also we shall see what happens when some of these vets return. But uh, Michaela Israel, thank you for your patience, much love, and respect to you, the ladies again of MHH, showing out today. We love it. She says, the fans wanting us to tank aren't true fans. It's better if we succeed with Russ. This could be the spark we need. She's not saying this is, will be the spark we needed. She's saying this could be, and I will agree with that, it could be. Is it likely to be? In my opinion, no. Just because we know not only uh, the the uh, the statistical probability 
for teams that began a season 0-3. We, we know that. We talked a lot about that last week. I think the last team to do it, make playoffs after starting 0-3, 1979, if memory serves. Okay, So we know the odds are slim, but could it be? It's possible because all it takes is a little bit of confidence for a team to completely take on an entirely new and improved emotional uh, complexion. So uh, your thoughts on that, Zach? And then, of course, the idea that true fans shouldn't be rooting for Tank and then we'll grab Colby. I learned a while ago on this podcast, you know, given the platform that we have, Chad, not to tell any fan how to fan. If you, if you want the Broncos to tank, that's your prerogative. If you don't, that's also your prerogative. Um, I'm at the point, though, with Denver where it's like, you know, show me and then show me and then show me again. You know, it's nice getting a win over Chicago that was kind of handed to you. It'll be nice if you beat the Jets and hack it next week, but that's still not going to be enough to convince me. But then you go out the following week. And you play Kansas City in primetime. You end that streak. You get back to three and three. Then I'm buying back in. So it's an it's a nice step in that direction. But they are still still far off the goal, at least in my mind. Colby, brother, appreciate you on Facebook. He's saying, "Is Jalil McLaughlin, Philip Lindsay? It kind of seems like the same player." Yeah, they are very similar, not only in style but build. And uh, we'll see if Jalil maybe has a little bit more staying power, but. He's got a long way to go to match the initial impact, Zach, that uh, Philip Lindsay made as a as a young player. I mean, first first running back. Uh, hold on, Max. I'm grabbing you one second. First player ever uh, to undrafted player to went to go to the Pro Bowl as a first teamer as a rookie. First undrafted running back ever to rush for back to back thousand yard seasons to uh, open a career. And there are many other like historical marks slash records that Philip Lindsay established. It'd be rad to see Jalil McLaughlin uh, follow a similar tact or path, I should say, Zach. But you know what's interesting too about Philip Lindsay is he had a little bit of production, kind of like we're seeing from McLaughlin uh, early in that first season in 2018. But it was the floodgates opening in week seven with a, a Royce Freeman injury that put him out of commission for a while, that really that's where the floodgates just blew wide open. And Lindsay, most of that production and the profile that led to that pro bowl happened the second half of the season. So Jalil might even actually, he has a chance anyway, what I'm getting at starting this early to even beat that. We'll see Max. Thank you for the super bud. Did you, uh, if you have any kind of specific comment or question, get it in the chat. Yeah. Scott, will keep an eye out. Ronnie Ray says good game today. A way to not give in and play hard. Let's carry the momentum into next week. Amen to that. Flazify again. Thank you, buddy. Says, you guys somewhat changed my perspective. A win is a win, even though the outlook on it isn't the best. I ju I'll just enjoy it for what yeah. it is. And that's all it is for now, bro. That's all it is. Uh, Jasmine, good to see you again. The ladies showing out. OMG, freaking finally. I know. I know. We feel you. Trust on that. Um trust on that but yeah it's uh it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out for the broncos it's a good starting point and look when the game was on the line at the end okay the eberfluss did basically make it easy on the broncos to hold on to the win yeah. but they still had to get the stop on fourth and one and not only that they had to close not only a 21 point gap but then get that go-ahead field goal the broncos earned this win it wasn't strictly coaching snafus it was a coaching snafu in the final analysis like at the very very end that made that comeback win complete but i don't want to i don't want to minimize the massive chasm the broncos had to bridge in order to even get to that point 
So I'll tip my cap in that sense. George says defense still can't play good enough. Yeah, I mean, we talk about establishing a winning culture, and uh, you got to start by winning. Even if you're beating the Bears, even if the other team is giving you the game, you have to just get a W in there and start stacking them. So, um, again, it's show me. what. How are they going to respond next week against the Jets and the following week against Kansas City? I wanted to go back really quickly before we get to Danless, uh, Dennis Chandler, excuse me, $2 super, super sticker. Thank you so much, Dennis. We talked about uh, McLaughlin and Philip Lindsay, and I think you're right. Obviously, Lindsay has more of a body of work, more accomplished to this point, to this day right. as an NFL player. But McLaughlin, undrafted rookie, he was also buried on the depth chart. If if an undrafted rookie can come in and give me seven carries for 72 yards, averages 10.3 yards a carry, and then catches three passes for 32 yards for a touchdown and 10.7 yards per catch, I am feeding that man all day, every day, and as often as possible because he is that Philip Lindsay spark plug that the Broncos haven't had since Philip Lindsay. Well said, bro. Well said. Um, the GLP in the house, the, the swashbuckler. Oop, I opened PFR and it's trying to make me lag. So I'm going to go ahead and close that tab. Gary, good to see you, bro. He says, hey, guys, love the win, but there's so much to fix. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Go Broncos. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, all right, you want to talk about correlations and causation and which equals what. One of the things that improved that uh, allowed the Broncos defense to, you know, ha get off the field a few times late in the game was their tackling did slightly improve, but that Zach, the coverage issues, obviously big communication lapses, um, tackling. And then, you know, this, I, I tweeted about this during the game, just overall a lack of metal M E T T L E res emotional, uh, intangible resilience. And, you know, they needed a little bit of success. And I think Zach to overcome that or to begin toughening up in that sense. And I'm hoping this is at least one step in that direction. Time will tell. I don't know about tackling though. I mean, winning a football game or making a pick or forcing a turnover is one thing, and I'm glad to see it, but tackling is elementary football. It's football one-on-one and they have been failing in that regard since the preseason. And in fact, going to Vance Joseph's first stint in Denver, it doesn't seem like he emphasizes that aspect of his defensive uh, responsibilities. And, you know, it's the one thing I agree with Vic Fangio about tackling is non-negotiable because they start to pile up and it becomes contagious, you know, tackling issues, arm tackling. It's an effort thing, discipline thing, and it kind of unravels from there. Brad clarifying his Marvin Marvin. A comment from earlier. He says, I meant we need to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, got it, dude. Thank you for the clarification on that, bro. Uh, Max jumping in again to say, thank you, Max. Watching our D-line is like watching a 60 Minutes commercial. <laughs> Y'all ready for Russell, he says, with yet another super chat. Thank you, uh, If we top in the draft, I feel that I feel that depth injuries behind the defense and penalties are our biggest issue. And we should consider trading back. What do you guys think? Y'all ready for Russell yet? So, in other words, I mean, honestly, for me to answer that question, uh, I would have to honestly be able to see the future and know exactly where the Broncos are picking uh, in the draft. But, uh, the, I mean, if if they are in a position to draft Caleb Williams, obviously you don't yeah. look that gift horse in the mouth. And if you are in a position to draft him, it's because Russ wasn't good enough. 
Um, and that's the jury's still out on that specific question. So we shall see. I think you, you nailed it pretty well there, Chad. Yeah. I mean, if they're in the top five, top three, whatever, and then, uh, one of these top prospects or Caleb Williams, the generational guy, according to Sean Payton falls to them. You got to pull the trigger, but we'll be talking about this. I'm sure plenty between now and April. So uh, Max hang in there more to come. Indeed. Mike says, uh, is it just me or is PS two playing as hard as he did last year or even week one or two? No, I've, I got to tell you, he's not been good this year. Sorry. Sorry, Pat Sertan senior. Your boy <laughs> just has not been good. Um, we can, grasp at straws zach trying to get to the bottom of why ps2 seems to have regressed in year three and i'm sure uh it has something to do with the scheme and just not necessarily um being put in the best positions possible to succeed from a coaching perspective however he's just not been good man this year period end of story period end of story um it was like uh, yesterday, I'm copy editing an Eric Trickle article that he does every the day before every game, five bold predictions. One of the uh, – no, 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 it wasn't that one. It was him talking about the uh, opponent's biggest offensive threat, and he brought brings up DJ Moore as that guy. And he went on to illustrate how Patrick Sertan has struggled not only this season but like against DJ Moore and how big of a uh, matchup, how critical that would be for the Broncos – the Bears exploited PS2 multiple times. I mean, not all of Moore's big plays, Zach, were with uh, PS2 in coverage, but at this point, you got to wonder what the heck is going on with your all-pro, supposedly untouchable guy and when it comes to trades and all that. I think I have the answer, Chad. I cracked the code. Crack it. Vance Joseph. And, and let me explain, okay? I mean, we talk about the offense and the players that are, are improving and really showing out right now. You know, Russ has gotten a lot better under Sean Payton. Jaleel McLaughlin showing out. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton look like better receivers. Uh, it's just there's so many dynamic parts of the offense that are trending upward. Now, if I asked you, name one player, one, that VJ inherited from, from last year's team that has gotten better not even stagnated, gotten better under his watch. You can't do it. And even an all-pro talent, maybe a future Hall of Fame talent, as good as Sertan is, I agree. His play has taken a little bit of a dive this year. And maybe, uh, to be fair, Simmons not being there, Caden Stearns being out, K1 Williams being out, Tamari Mathis struggling, it all goes into it. But pound for pound, 1v1, man versus man, PS2 is just not at that same level. And what's the common denominator it's it all points back to the same thing agreed i think it probably is the biggest if if the full explanation were a chai part a chai part a pie chart okay full explanation of why ps2 has regressed vj would share the 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 vj factor would be the you know the biggest component of that all right um, but, and what I'm about to say is not in this to, to, uh, pick nits in or disagree with you. I think it actually only further illustrates your point. And that is really, we've only seen one player. And again, it's early four games into a season. We've only seen one player on BJ's watch seemingly take steps forward. Uh, and that's Nick Benito. You can't really find another guy on this defense. And that is alarming. And it does help illustrate that, you know, uh, Coaching, 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 it all trickles downhill. It affects even the best players, or it can affect anyway, even the best players on a roster. Dustin, bro, 
This was a lucky win, he says. Peyton needs to be held accountable for VJ. I'm starting to think he's a problem. Um, yeah, I mean. Starting? Starting, yeah, sure, okay. But the whole accountability thing with Peyton, this year is a, uh, for sure, a scholarship season for Peyton coming in to see what's what. Kind of with ownership, hey, I got to figure out, you know, what I've got here get my culture instilled in these guys, you know, get my offense fully assimilated. But if things don't improve defensively uh, as the season marches forward, Zach, yes, Sean Payton will have a lot to answer for relative to that big decision. Uh, what's going on? Uh, well, how do we, Emja, Emja, Emja2873. I can't remember what we came up with for, for your nickname, bro, but thank you. It's good to see it. Mims and McLaughlin are gems. Benito needs to start. Yeah. I don't think that'll be much of a problem. Zach moving forward anymore. Uh, Benito not necessarily being a starter, but it will be interesting to see if Browning's return affects that. And then we'll grab Tom. Yeah, you got to play the hot hand. I, I think that's why Jonathan Cooper ended up starting at outside linebacker because he deserved to start. He was playing the best ball at the time. And we have to forget Baron Browning, once he's healthy and up to speed 100%, he, he is probably the best pound for pound edge the Broncos have, but he's not going to be up to speed right away. He's missed a lot of time yeah. with that knee surgery. He's going to take a little bit to assimilate. So I do think Nick Benito's uh, snaps won't be affected in the very short term. I mean, BJ and his staff doesn't even know what Browning can bring to the table yet. He's literally been hurt the entire time they've been True. in Denver this year. Anyway, Tom, brother, good to see you. He says two things. One, I loved Peyton on the sideline yelling at BJ and then watching his play calling. Two, now I know why uh, – we didn't see much of Sanders, huge liability. Yeah, I mean, he's young. He's figuring things out. He's still um, inexperienced as a inside linebacker, Zach. But Sean Payton seems to be so thrilled with his talent um, and upside that he's willing to roll the dice on a few cringe plays that are going to cost the Broncos at times as he develops. And going into this game, Zach, he even like, I mean, I'll say it, he kind of compared it to Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher back in the early 2000s when Peyton was with the Giants, you know, they went against him as it was before he became a middle linebacker, the Mike, you know, the leader of the defense and wasn't very pretty. But over time, look what happened. You know, you basically saying guys need reps to develop. And that's what the Broncos are giving Drew Sanders. But don't make a mistake uh, on this front, guys. As soon as Josie Jewell is healthy, uh, he will be back on the field. So uh, it's temporary for now anyway. I mean, here's my thing, though. Yeah, it hasn't been pretty with Sanders, and uh, I've advocated for him to get more playing time, but the only way he improves, especially in that position in his first year, is just playing and going through it, getting those reps, whether those reps are good or bad, it's going to benefit him for the future. So uh, unfortunate that Jewel's been hurt, but it's been good for Sanders' uh, progression one way or the other. Guys, we are at approaching anyway the 50 minute mark of today's show so any burning topics questions supers stars get them in the chat we will be sure to get them before we dip on out but we are uh, getting close so mike bro thank you for the very generous super chat he says good afternoon gentlemen a win finally vj needs to go ps2 is not elite neither was ps senior great to see a win hashtag vj must go great show guys go broncos I do. Th I mean, look, I don't think it's uh, open and shut. Turns out PS2 is not elite. I just think that 
something is going on with him. And obviously the VJ component, the scheme, you know, the points of emphasis are playing a role in this and the Broncos need to figure out why and what's going on with that ASAP. Uh, because yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's not even looking as good as he did as a rookie. We talk about scheme issues a lot, and and you know sometimes we're vague uh, on what those issues are. I mean, in PS2's case, it's pretty uh, cut and dry. He succeeds in man press coverage. I mean, that's his bread and butter. That's where he allows his frame and his his twitch and his nat- natural God given ability to take hold. When VJ plays him in zone, as he too often does, it takes away a lot of what PS2 can do. That's a tough sentence to say. It takes away a lot of his natural playmaking ability and just not putting him in the best position to succeed. So that's one case. And unfortunately, that's your case involving your best defensive player. Um, We've got a very nice super here from Michael Davis. Priests, to quote the groundskeepers from the movie Major League. Oh, here we go. They're still crappy. You guys are the best in the biz. Hashtag I'm here for the dad jokes. Yeah, dude, there's so many great one-liners. from major league i went on a binge streak with major league i mentioned this i think before on the pod recently but i went on like a two-month binge streak where every night when i go to sleep you know i put on my bluetooth headphones you know turn over get get it going on my phone face down so the light doesn't bother me and then like just listen to it as i fall asleep and uh i finally burned out on it that's what i do with things i love i, I binge i binge i binge then i purge binge 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 purge and uh, there's so many good one-liners. Like the first uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, Charlie Sheen's character first shows up to training camp, and the coaches—you don't even see them say it; you just hear them say it. Uh, Look at this freaking guy! But they don't say freaking right yeah. because he gets off and he's got you know his weird punk rock haircut and stuff. But anyway, Mike, thank you for some levity, big dog. Appreciate you. Whoops, sorry, Scott. Hit it, bro. Taylor, what's up, dude? Great comeback win, he says, but BJ still needs to go. Wilson has another great game as well. The defense has got to do better right now. Will Lutz saved us. Go DB. Yeah, brother. Uh, we I think the, the the implications of how much better Russ has been this year relative to last season, uh, we're barely scratching at the surface of those, and it's going to come out in the wash uh, even more so, I think, for this team as he gets further and further, Zach, um, more comfortable with sh- – Peyton in this scheme and they get to yeah. feel and know each other better. I mean, even um, Diana Russini from the athletic reported today that it's actually flourishing the relationship between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. There's a lot of, you know, false news that, that is perpetuated about the Broncos that Sean can't stand Russ and that he can't wait to trade him and that Russ doesn't like playing for Sean. It couldn't be more, opposite it couldn't be farther from the truth and the results are in the pudding here chad i mean again russ went today and we would all sign up for this last season 21 of 28 223 three touchdowns no turnovers no sa- uh, no uh, interceptions no fumbles one sack a passer rating of 133.5 i mean that is proof that the relationship is flourishing well said all right we got the silent one good to see you my friend don't understand tanking the team who just put 70 on us went through such a drastic tank that a fool named Flores played the NASCAR card because he was unable to understand the plan. It works. Zach. I think it was, I don't want to touch it too much if that's what I think it is. I think it's that NASCAR incident uh, in the uh, the garage. 
I don't know anything about NASCAR. Sorry, dude. I don't know. I don't know what the NASCAR I'm, card is. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're advocating for Tank or saying you don't understand those who do. I wasn't sure on that, bro. Uh, if you want to clarify in the chat, uh, Scott will look for it. It doesn't have to be a uh, super chat. Scott may be clarifying for us now. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah, I don't oh, want to oh, okay. Too much, so. Still, like, Scott's Scott's doing some syntax translation for us here. We appreciate that, Scott. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm still not sure the point though that he's trying to make. Uh, Eric Weber, brother, is it just me or is anyone thinking that the sheer lack of talent and depth gives this squad zero chance at the playoffs? I'm now firmly believing we need to fire VJ, lose out, and draft Caleb Williams. Hey, to each their own. Um, I can promise you that's not what Sean Payton's thinking right now. So you're not going to see VJ get fired, even though I'm with you. I I I don't think he gives the Broncos a chance you know, a better chance in any way, shape or form, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, Patriot text brother PS2 might be making business decisions. I believe his dad is expressing his unhappiness with all the losing. Won't be surprised if he doesn't stay. I have a hard time seeing it that way, dude, when this guy's only in his third year and the Broncos have, uh, what was it? Scott three, three and a, three quarters. I mean, the Broncos still have three and three quarters of seasons of control on this dude. You know, it's not like he's in a contract year, in other words, right? So uh, it's just a disconnect. He's not being used right, and and the coaches, um, you know, are, are dropping the ball in that sense, Zach. And then also PS2 just needs to be better, period, end of story. Like, he's just been, you know, to use our, our moniker for Justin Simmons at times, almost. He's been kind of Patrick almost Sertan so far, and then we'll grab Woody. I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see a case where his father kind of uh, nudges him out, as we saw last week after that game. But if you want to get out of Denver, you can't put bad tape out there and make business decisions where you look like a lesser cornerback. I mean, he would want to increase his trade value if he wanted out and not decrease it. I just think he's being used incorrectly like almost every other player in this Broncos defense. And once he was playing man coverage, I think lined up against DJ Moore today against Chicago, he looked like the old PS2. It's it's the scheme. I hate to keep saying it. Woody, brother, on Facebook, not YouTube? Very interesting. Good to see you. Thank you, bro. What's really going on with the refs? The Browns' first touchdown was no uh, – the Bears' first TD was no way a touchdown. Uh, held almost a headlock on the left side, and we get very little calls, so many uncalled for. All games we've played, I feel like whoever rushes gets held at one point or another and no calls. Yeah, the Broncos have been on the losing end of some mystifying uh, officials officiating. And that touchdown today, you're right, case in point, that was not a touchdown. It wasn't. I think it's stupid, Zach, how – if it's called something on the field, you know, it's got to be like overwhelming. I mean, I don't know what the exact legalese rule wise is, but because it was called a touchdown, that shouldn't change anything relative to the replay. If the replay, the replay either confirms that it was a touchdown and a catch or the replay confirms that it wasn't. And I think it was quite clear that was not a catch. I'm sorry. It's one of those like archaic rules that hasn't been uh, updated yet. I agree with you, but well, I mean, the Broncos got the win. I think that's the overarching point here. So it's yep. stay la vie for one more day. All right, guys, we got a couple more, and then we got to go. Claude from the top rope on Thank Facebook. You, Thank you, bro. 
He says, a good win, but we did let him drop 28 unanswered on us. Saw some good things and some bad. Either way, go Broncos. Yeah. You know, you can look at it like this. How did a team that allowed so much bad and dig such a deep hole, where did they find the inspirado, to quote Tenacious D, Jables? All right. Where did they find that gumption and the and the drive and the and the means to overcome it and dig out? Like that's a pretty that's an that's an accomplishment. I'm I'm giving you the silver lining here. Like there are some positive lessons to be taken from this. If I'm a coach and I'm a leader in that team in any way, shape, or form, and I'm in these meeting rooms and I'm breaking down film and I'm talking to guys, I'm helping them see those more than I am, Zach, living in the past of how we allowed him to score 28 unanswered. Not to say that that isn't addressed. It has to be, but my emphasis and the, and the points of with which I'm leaving guys in these meetings is focusing on how we overcame one heck of an obstacle uh, when the chips were down to win this game. I'm just uh, looking at Mike's comment here. Mike Edel, $5 super. Thank you so, so much, Mike, for your contribution once more. Our pass rush made PS2 great or the legend of. And I'm sitting here scratching my head wondering – uh, when did the Broncos get the 2007 Giants pass rush where it's been so ferocious and it's been so intimidating? They've had pass rush issues dating back multiple seasons since definitely since Von Miller's departure and the absence of Bradley Chubb. And it's been a struggle there. So I think PS2, I don't want to, even though he hasn't been as, as elite, maybe by metric as he was in the past, he is still a damn, damn good cornerback. And I feel sure. like if he, if he was being played correctly, we'd see the PS2 of old pass rush or not. He's still a many times over plus plus, you know, net positive impact yeah. guy on your team. It's just what's going on with this guy. You know, we got to get to the bottom of it and yeah, the Broncos haven't had a prolific pass rush since 2018, the one year that they actually had a healthy Vaughn and Chubb. Uh, 26 and a half sacks those two combined for in Chubb's first season as a rookie number five overall pick. Since then, it's just been sp spotty on the edge. Uh, but guys, we're going to go through a couple messages before we dip on out of here. Uh, so don't leave. Can't believe it's been an hour, but that was another tremendous installment of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter as Chad is demonstrating at mile high huddle. You can follow Chad as well at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, buck merch, anything you guys can uh, dream up. It's at MHHmerch.com. Be sure you check that out and also drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're not doing so, follow us on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle and make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Well said. A shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters, starting with Facebook. Today, Brandon Williams, The Ronk, Mike Reno, Colby, Ronnie Ray, George Fox, Eric Weber, Woody, Claude, Dustin, Michael, Hensley also chipping in on YouTube. The list is long. We love you. We are so grateful. Two, 69 Skater Mike, Addison, Brad, Casey Nickel, Chris Hernandez, David McElrath, Dennis Chandler, Erwin Serrano, Flazify, the swashbuckler himself, Gary Palmer, 
Gina Cooper, Jasmine, Jess Contreras, that is, Kevin, Luke, Max Miles. Really uh, cool to see you today, Max. Keep it coming, bro. Hope we'll see you tomorrow night. Michael Davis, Michaela Israel, Michaela Parker, uh, Mike Edel, Mike Reno, Maja. I think that's what it was I came up with, Maja, but it's not that. Either way, love you, bud. Naja, uh, legend, Patriot Text, Phoenix, Road Glide Nash, Silent One, Taylor Christensen, Ted Wonderlick, The Bugmeister, Tom Laukhuff, Troy, Unique Prep, and that smouse in the house. Love you guys. Hey, we might have to put a little lipstick on this pig here, all right? It was ugly, but Zach, they got the win. Let's see. It's going to be interesting to see how and if Sean Payton, as the, the, the man here, is able to build on that and implement and utilize lessons learned, both negative and positive, from today to move the needle for this for this team moving forward. You got the Jets next week. You could really get some momentum built up if you make the most of whatever those lessons were today. A lot of lipstick, but I'll take it for one week. We'll go over it in more detail on tomorrow's episode of the aftermath of to the Broncos week four victory over Chicago. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.